Hello, it's Ali Ciardo with the Photo Field Notes podcast, and I will tiny little announcement today before we get started. I finally gave in and went ahead and created an Instagram account for Photo Field Notes just to help people stay informed because I found that I just, I finally had to separate it. I was trying to keep things simple and keep everything under Ali Ciardo, and it was just like too much. So do me a favor because I literally created this account like three minutes ago and so it has zero followers as of the time of this recording and so do me a favor and go over and you can follow it at instagram.com slash photo field notes and I'm going to share mostly just episode updates there so it's another place to keep in touch on episodes get new information on episodes share your thoughts share your suggestions and so forth so help me to not feel like a dork with zero followers and you can follow me at at photo field notes (laughs) so go check that out and that's it let's get into today's episode Welcome to the Photo Field Notes podcast, where you'll find stories, tips, and inspiration from professional photographers to get you taking action in your own business and making your business dreams a reality. Hey, this is Ali Ciardo, and today I'm talking with Ashton Songer Ferguson from Ashton Songer Photography. She's a documentary wedding and portrait photographer based out of Colorado. And Ashton, I think, has a really kind of a really interesting, different story to tell today about how she got into running her photography business. So let's just jump in. Ashton, let's hear your story, how you got into thinking from the beginning, like, hey, you know, photography, that's for me, and how your life has changed and your business has change into what it is today all right yeah um so I went to UNC Chapel Hill and like for the longest time like from the time I was three I wanted to be a vet and then my biology teacher told me that I should quote be a people doctor and then I was going to be a surgeon or a pediatrician or whatever and by the time I finished high school I had done all of like that kind of stuff, but I had spent so much time alongside my English teachers. Um, I started doing yearbook like a year before everyone else, like did all that kind of stuff. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I'm really tired of working so hard. <laughs> I'm not going to be a pre-med student. <laughs> and so I got to college and I knew that I loved traveling and, um, just like culture and things like that. And I figured eventually I could turn that into something else. If I really wanted to go to med school, you could get all the prereqs and whatever. So I like went to college with the international studies in mind, added on English, dropped both because I didn't want to do liberal arts. And eventually like during all of that took on journalism because I was like real skills I photojournalism specifically because it was real skills and I'd been doing photography for years. Um, and I was like, Oh, and I can like travel and write and do all the things that I want to do. Um, and so I graduated, always sort of had a photo job or internship. Um, and I, never realized this until losing my grandfather. I was going through pictures one day, um, kind of preparing for his funeral, I think. And this is a picture that I keep in my office. Um, and I've had, and I'd seen before, but I just like never put all everything together that, um, I've literally had a camera in my hand since I could walk. Um, this is a picture of my grandfather and my dad sitting side by side. I'm on my grandfather's lap. 
holding his like Canon film camera when I was probably two. Um, and it kind of all clicked. My grandfather, my grandparents raised me since I was nine years old. Um, and my grandfather always had a camera, like along for our adventures, we would take our RV, drove from North Carolina to California and back, went all up and down the East coast. Um, and so he was always documenting that. So our family has just tons of albums of trips and things. And if he didn't have his camera in hand, then he would be filming us. And we have all these like home videos and stuff. And I just like, I never really like kind of picked that up that I'd always been around it. And I think that's just the way things are when you're being raised. Like you kind of think that those little details of your life are normal and they might be normal for you, but not for everyone else. Um, and so it was just a sweet moment of realizing like, Oh, he was, my grandfather was my hero. And it was a sweet moment of realizing like, this is in my blood. <laughs> like this is part of who I am. And it was kind of like, the ceiling of like, like, yes, like this is the stamp on like what you've decided to do with your life. Um, this is the seal that I needed to like have confidence to move forward. Um, so that was in, he passed away in 2013 after I graduated from college. I was working for a NASCAR team in Charlotte, North Carolina, working in the digital media stuff, preparing for a marriage, um, in the spring. <laughs> and, um, in the springtime, I moved to Atlanta after we got married, and I was, like, freelancing, doing, like, sports photography, working at the Carter Center, like, any way I could find to do photography or, like, marketing, which is a joke, because I feel like that's the thing I'm worst at now. <laughs> um, anything I could do to just, like, have a job and make money, I moved to Atlanta with no friends no family, no connections. <laughs> so it was a real struggle. Finally, I got um, a job through kind of freelancing for a newspaper. Um, I started working for a magazine outside of Atlanta. And I was like so excited because it was a tiny magazine. And, you know, I thought I always wanted to work for a magazine. North Carolina has a great magazine called Our State. The imagery is beautiful. The writing is awesome. So I was like, it's not our state, but it's a start. <laughs> and um, I was excited to add my photography to it because I, I knew I had something to offer them that was good and, and, and truly even better than what they had um, because they were tiny and because not a lot of people are moving to Marietta, Georgia to like be a photographer. <laughs> um, so I started working for them and it took no time for me to realize that was not for me. I did good work while I was there. It was not a great experience. So I just left. And at the time I was, um, I had become really good friends with our wedding photographer. Um, she obviously choosing a wedding photographer was a big deal for me because that's my background. And that's what I cared about honestly more than anything else other than getting married and making sure it was about us and not cliches or traditions or whatever. Um, and so I loved her work. I loved working with her. I loved our photos. And turns out she graduated from the same photojournalism program as I did at UNC, but years before. So we didn't even overlap in school, I don't think. Um, and she kind of had the same path of working for newspapers and um, just 
winning awards and traveling with her photography and stuff like that and realize like that really wasn't it it couldn't fulfill you and like sustain a lifestyle <laughs> that's not like paycheck to paycheck and miserable um and it works for some people but it didn't work for her um or wasn't fulfilling for her I guess is a better way to put that um and so anyway I found her loved her she did an awesome job captured our wedding even better than I had imagined but she just checked all the boxes we became friends and um she we had saved our engagement session for after our wedding so that I could have like fall portraits um got back into my wedding dress we drove you know two hours together that day and we were chatting about life in Atlanta and then it was the job that I was excited about, but I was talking to her, you know, while I was working there and keeping her updated. The day that I left that job, I called her and told her what happened. And she said, Ashton, if you want to, you can start your own business and I will help you. Um, I will mentor you. You can shoot for me. Like you've got what it takes. You can do this. And I was like, all right, done. And so I walked out the door of that job and I never looked back. Um, so that winter, she um, worked with me on like all the business basics um, from crafting my website to be geared toward a wedding client or a potential client, um, getting contracts in place, just all the basic stuff. And then she told me like, all right, you need to like start second shooting. You know how to sh take photos, you know how to use your camera, you know how to document moments, but now you've got to get the wedding stuff for your portfolio. And she said, find all the photographers that you can in your area that you like their work, reach out to them. That's what I did. Um, and you know, some were like, no, I don't need any help. Some were like, okay, I'll think about you in the future. Never got in touch with me. And then there were a few who were like, yeah, great. Come on. And I worked with them, and so in by August 2015, I shot my first wedding as a lead. I booked my first client, shot my first wedding as a lead, and it was terrifying. And I have to say that during that wedding, I called Courtney, my mentor, at one point, and I was like, help, I don't know what's going on with my flash, I don't know what to do, like, and she was on vacation, like, answered my call, was totally there for me, walked me through exactly what to do to solve that particular problem, and then I also remember, it turned out great, the clients love the photos, and then I remember the next day feeling, like, worse than I ever had in my entire life, like, just, like, wedding hangover. Oh, like, physically. <laughs> storing up all of the stress throughout that day and just like my body was dead on Sunday after the wedding doesn't happen anymore thank goodness but that's like I mean that's kind of how I got started so what was the time between the time that you walked out the door at that job and the time that you shot your first wedding how much time went by um November I think November was when I quit and um, sometime, I don't remember, sometime in November I quit and then August. So not quite a year. So what did that look like? First of all, what was going through your head when you made that decision and you were like, okay, I'm doing this, I'm walking out. What were you thinking? Well, <laughs> without going into too much detail of the story, I just, I, 
you hear a lot of things, especially working in like the news industry, um, coming from a <laughs> coming from a male dominated industry and program in school. You hear stories, but you think like, you know, this is that's just a story. Like it doesn't happen. It's not going to happen to me or whatever. Um, and so I just remember walking out feeling like the way that this man just treated me, I should, I don't deserve to be treated that way. And I will never work for anyone like him again. And I can't, I've had other bosses, men and women. I'd have, I've had like a select few great bosses <laughs> and a lot of bad bosses. And I knew what made them bad. I knew what I would have done differently as a boss. And it kind of was like, well, this is terrifying. Can't believe I'm doing this, but I know I can be a better boss than, than this guy. <laughs> so it's kind of motivation. Like you're going to make this work because you're not going to deal with the alternative at this point. Yeah, it really is. It, it was like, not like nothing I've done is or the things that I've done, they're either not fulfilling or they're not sticking. And you know, I, I know how I want my life to look and I know how I want to treat my people. So let's do it. <laughs> how did you bridge that gap? You know, even like financially, how did you make that work? Had you saved up in anticipation? Did you take on other jobs to make the to to make that transition? Were you, you know, otherwise supported? How did you do that realistically? Because I think that's a big thing that a lot of people ask about and a lot of people fear is that, yeah, it takes time to build a business. And it's, it's you know, great to make that step. But how did you actually make that work? Yeah, so I feel a little sheepish, but I feel really lucky um, that my husband has a great job and he was supporting me emotionally um and just and, and like encouraging me he encouraged me he said like yes we can do this like I'm here for you I believe in you I believe that this is what you should do um and you know let's let's see what happens so financially I didn't have as much to worry about and and still like I mean I we don't necessarily do the Dave Ramsey thing but like we don't count on my salary to live. We like, we budget and do everything so that we are living on one person's salary, which I think some financial books or talk speakers or whatever tell you to do that anyway. So that's kind of how we do that. And then anything that I bring in is like for all the fun and adventures and travels that we do. Um, so that I guess is practically how it worked. Um, yeah. Having my husband's great job and, the support of the emotional and <laughs> support and encouragement, um, to do that. Um, and then I'm trying to think, I also, I didn't have to really invest in any extra equipment. That was another thing. I, I sort of did what I could, um, with what I had. And then when I hit a turning point, that's when I, um, invested in more equipment. I also, um, per my mentor's recommendation, she said, ask a family member for a loan if you need to like make a big equipment purchase right off the bat. So actually I think I did do that, uh, come spring when I was like feeling more official and really trying to get clients and also trying to offer the best support to the, the lead shooters that I was helping. Um, I think I, I did, um, take out a loan from a family member. So interest free. And then I, you know, 
paid them back and all that, which was great because it meant that they believed in me and they were supporting me also in this journey. And, um, you know, there wasn't anything weird about it because I made it official and wrote them a check every month and all that. So I think I did do that um, in terms of equipment. So I didn't go in the hole, I guess I should say, <laughs> to start my own business. So, okay, let's go back. So in 2015, you shot your first wedding on your own. And what has life looked like since then? Oh, man, a roller coaster. <laughs> um, I feel like, I think I said this earlier, I'm terrible at marketing. Or I shouldn't say terrible. I just have a hard time being consistent and how I don't really want to be on social media all the time. But it's it feels like a necessary evil Um, so it's been kind of a struggle to, um, to be consistent in marketing myself, I should say. Um, and like most of, most of the work that I've gotten is client referrals. Actually this week I booked my very first Instagram client. Yay. yay. (laughs) (laughs) But I needed to like, to know that this, I've got to be consistent. I've got to keep doing this because this is free and this is where people are. Um, but yeah, so 2015 with shooting the first wedding, it was kind of like, all right, I've got this under my belt. I can do this. I had set goals with my mentor to, you know, I want to shoot 10 of my own weddings in 2016. And I think I did that. Um, if not, it was like nine. (laughs) Um, and so you know, every year, which I have to remind myself, it's not that long ago. Like I haven't been doing this for that long. Um, and then the other part of, I mean, besides like the tangible business part, like booking clients and making money, confidence is a constant struggle because of things like social media. You're like, you get caught in these like cycles of comparison. Um, and just, for me, I think one thing that happens is I deal with the, I went to school for this. I have a degree in this. I know what I'm doing. So these other people, like, how are they making it? They didn't, they didn't study this. <laughs> they didn't pay to learn this. <laughs> so again, that's like getting caught in comparison traps and stuff. And, um, I also think that I operate and I learned this in my, one of my sports psych classes and deciding which major I'm going to actually go with. Um, there's a triangle of, um, perfectionism, fear of failure or rejection and procrastination. And I just live in that triangle. (laughs) So because I, I know that I can do something, I want it to be perfect, but I'm afraid of like, what's going to happen if it's not, or what if this isn't the best picture for my grid or what if there are too many or not enough or not the right pictures on my portfolio. And then I just end up putting it off and not doing it at all. And then it just, the cycle repeats itself. Um, and then just when I thought I was finally like getting traction and, and getting like a steady stream of clients and work in Atlanta is when we were like, okay, it's time to move. <laughs> so we moved, my husband moved to Colorado in March and I just moved about a month ago in May, the end of May. And for some reason I 
there are like scary parts to moving, especially a baby business um, across the country to a new city and a new market. But then there were other parts that were like, wait, I've done this before. I started something from nothing. So I can certainly keep going like something to something else, somewhere else. Um, and so, yeah, I've been here for a month and I've booked two clients here, which is for me like a huge victory um, because no one knows me. Was it work related that moved you? We just always wanted to live out here. Um, and then my husband started looking for other opportunities in the fall. And when he got a job, it was go time. Nice. So it was very much about designing the lifestyle that you wanted in your life. Right. And so I also, when we were getting married, we kind of had this motto, Denver or bust. And we obviously went to Atlanta for a lot of different reasons. Um, and there were moments in between, you know, again, the no friends, no family, no connections, no job that was working out those early, those early months, I would be like, why am I here? Why are we here? We don't want to be here. What are we doing here? And I remember on a drive, like probably to a friend's wedding to, in North Carolina, I was having one of these meltdowns and my husband was like, Ashton, if for, and this, I guess, was after I had started my business, but probably still pretty new. Um, he was like, Ashton, if for no other reason, if we had moved, if we had stayed in Charlotte or if we'd moved to like Denver, you might not have started your business. And this is a good thing for you. Um, and he was like, if for no other reason, we can thank Atlanta for that. And I was like, Okay. There you go. That's seen the bright side. Nice. It's true. <laughs> so as you've been making this transition, what have you been doing to prepare before you moved and after you moved to, to shift your business from one, you know, end of the country to the other, essentially? Well, luckily, we have the most amount of, like, friends and, and network here in this area um, outside of, like, the southeast, I'd say. So that makes it a little easier um, and I just, you know, I started talking to my friends and everyone wants to live in Denver. Everyone knows someone who lives here. So one of my friends who is an awesome marketer sat down with me. We were on a vacation together and she was like, all right, like we should start planning your marketing for like Denver. And I was like, okay, yeah, we should. <laughs> and so we did a little barter. Um, now it's my turn to reciprocate on that end of the barter. But she worked with me for a couple weeks on just a, a plan, like working through a promo. She actually helped me book my first client out here before I moved um, because it was like a friend of a friend. She told her friends and she happened to know someone who was getting married. Um, and... Yeah, so I ran a little promo, tried to be a little more consistent on social media. Um, and then I've been, since I moved here, I'm actually kind of introverted. So I've done a lot of work to just get out and network and tell people who I am and what I'm doing. And I think that's helped a lot. 
Yeah, I think that's an underappreciated place to grow your business. Just going, just showing up and going to local events because, you know, that's where, like, photographers who I've hired, I've met at events that were, before I was a photographer, events that were not at all related to photography. I met people at just basic networking events and I was fascinated by them and I thought they were great people from the beginning and, and that's how I ended up hiring them. So I think that that is, yeah, it's a much, it's not talked about enough that you can go out and go to these things. Have you tracked in the past where your clients are coming from so they can compare what's working? Um, not really. I really think that most of it has been word of mouth. I do have like a little um, entry section on my like contact form. It's how did you hear about me? And I guess I should add a couple more things to what I've been doing to prepare through that network of like, in Atlanta sending out, you know, Hey, I can second shoot for you. Um, there are some, there's at least one awesome photographer I can think of there who I never actually ended up working with her. Um, but I got breakfast with her and she sent me probably half my weddings. Yeah. Like year. It's so true. If you can connect with somebody in the area and just, second that's why second shooting is such also another like underutilized or under talked about way to book weddings is that you can go second shoot for people and then you do a great job you impress them and then they're happy to send you weddings and I've had that happen and I've had the same thing where somebody came and was moving here and I you know we had coffee and hit it off and I was happy to refer things over so it's just all about those relationships isn't it yeah and I think like I'll never forget one of my first like second shooting gigs in Atlanta, um, I, you know, was sitting down. It was like kind of a lull in the wedding. You know, it was, everyone was eating lunch or something, and we had a long day. And and it was the the lead photographer and I just sitting alone together. And I just started asking questions because, I mean, nothing like crazy personal, like business personal or whatever. I just was like picking her brain because I was new to the city and the market and the industry and everything. And I remember her saying something like, oh, well, I offer like mentor hours, blah, blah, blah. And like kind of brushed me off. And I just remember thinking like, gosh, that's really weird. And also you're underpaid me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually my first, my first, what I call my mentor was actually, I, I was like a third shooter with this photographer and he underpaid me, but he gave me free mentoring. So he'd sit down and he'd go through my photos with me and he'd give me tips and he'd tell me how to improve. And so I was like, I don't care that I'm underpaid. I'm learning everything I need to know. And it, it set me up for success. So, you know, it's one thing I kind of feel like that. Like I let people tag along and maybe I don't pay them because they're asking to come along and like I haven't the client isn't paying for them to be there but if they're helping me I try to I try to you know return the favor a little bit so I think there's kind of a balance of like if there's less pay maybe there's some mentorship and I think that's a good thing to kind of figure out going into a wedding if you're if you're paid a lot, yeah, fair. You're expected to have a certain level. If you're paid less, maybe you kind of work out a deal like that. So I think that's a good point, you know. If you're going into a second shooting um, opportunity, talk to the photographer about that and see if you can take less money in order to ask more questions or kind of what the expectation is going in. I think right after that, I either read something or heard a podcast or something where 
somebody said you shouldn't be afraid to give your knowledge away because what matters is what the person does with it. So you could spit off all the knowledge in the world, but if that person doesn't do anything with it, then it doesn't matter anyway. And they have a different mind than you do. So like the knowledge that you give them, they're probably going to use it in a different way. And so I just those two things, like hearing that and having that experience, I wanted to sort of log it away for the future so that, A, I'm always like paying it forward. And, you know, when I get to a point in my business where people are coming to me and asking, like, right, finding that balance of, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be afraid to give my knowledge away because it, they're going to have to do a lot of work to, to get to where they want to be. They're not going to be where I'm going to be because I'm a different person and a different business or, or whatever to just not have fear. Um, because I, I think too, that's like, and I'm, this is self-talk because like I said, confident, (laughs) um, but just like, if you're not insecure with the knowledge that you have, then what's wrong with sharing it? Um, another thing, sorry, that I didn't say about moving out here is that I had, um, in like a photo group in Atlanta, put myself out there to second shoot with a photographer that I really admired. And it was, you know, a long list of comments of like, I'm available, I'm available. And I was the one who got to shoot this wedding. And I was like, so nervous to put my name in the hat. Me and the photographer just like hit it off. And they turns out like a year ago, moved out here to Denver, picked up their business of 10 years in Atlanta moved out here and they are like booming and thriving. And so from the very first weekend that I lived here, I shot a wedding with them. Um, and so that's like been great to have like their, like kind of piggybacking off of their clients and the venues that they're shooting at here in Colorado to like have for my portfolio so that, People can, I think that's probably how this girl found me on Instagram as she, you know, looked for the hashtag of the venue where she's getting married. And it just so happened because I had this relationship. I got to shoot with them and got to post that picture and then book that client. So nice. It does show. It really goes to show that relationships go so far in this business and mean so much. And even, I mean, I've had that struggle too with the mentorship thing and like, do I offer mentor sessions? Do I charge for mentor sessions? Because I do get really overwhelmed with the questions that I get. And I'm like, oh, but but at this point, you know, I like considered it briefly, had it on my website briefly, then took it down. Um, And maybe I'll do it someday. But I, I do find that, you know, even the people who I've helped for free have gone on to create these really amazing businesses. And the awesome thing about them being successful is that we all share in each other's success. A photographer can only do so much work. I even have, I have multiple associates and I still refer a ton of weddings to other people outside of my own company because I can only do so much work. So I want that person to be successful so that they will pay it back and, you know, refer back to me when they're doing so much better than I am. You know, you want to remember not just to look up to the people who are doing better, but also looking at the people who are just getting started because they may be starting out now, but you have no idea where they're going to be in a year, in two years, in three years. So that's everything we can't, you know, we just can't discount anybody. So I think that's like such an important lesson that you bring up there in, in keeping in touch and, you know, like 
just loving everybody. So, oh gosh, we're already we're already so far in, and I know there's so much more we wanted to get to. But let's let's kind of wrap it up here. So, if you were going to just pass on one lesson learned to listeners today, what's the one thing that you think has helped you the most in your business? I would say that <laughs> I'm like sort of addicted to learning in school and and knowledge, and sometimes I get overwhelmed with that. But like one of the the biggest things that I've learned um, that has helped me care for my clients, love my clients, and get me more clients is is putting my putting almost like putting myself like last and just you know using questions and kickbacks as an opportunity to educate clients to figure out all the ways that along their journey I can serve them well. Um, and that can be as simple as a check-in email or, um, and just ask how they're doing or just like a little pop in a tiny little surprise in the mail or something like that. And I've, I've learned that from watching the people that I've, I've worked with. Um, I've soaked in all these things from, my mentors and these other photographers that I've shot for and like how they do business and how they serve their clients. And honestly, it's like working with people who are smarter than you. There's like some quote about that, like surrounding yourself with people who know more and and being a sponge so that again, you can pay that forward. And the people that I've, I've worked with treat their clients really, really well um, and love them really, really well. And that's like what I want to do. Cause I think that, um, it just, it sells you on them. It makes them feel like a person and not a, you know, a paycheck in your mailbox or whatever. Um, yeah, that's like my, that's my big thing that I've like learned. And that's the big thing that I'm like working on is like my client experience and how I can always be improving that. Nice. Yeah. And again, you know, we may run these solo businesses, but we're definitely not doing it alone. Yeah. So, Ashton, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your story and jumping on today on Skype. So, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Check out show notes at photofieldnotes.com. And if you loved this episode, leave your review on iTunes. See you next week.